Oh man, it's it's the coolest thing, and uh, I mean, it's it's been so, so fun. I mean, living in the city. I mean, half the time when I'm I'm running some of these trails, like I mean, I can get to the the trail I'm talking about that we're putting the Hudson River on in 15 minutes or so, and yeah, gorgeous like true trail. Um, and I'm just like, I, I feel like every time I run it, I get like 20 minutes in. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, I can't believe I'm like right outside New York City. Like this is like blows my mind, you know. <laughs> Koto, call David Kilgore ear, call Matt Raymond TNA, call Eugene Bingham TNA, call Two Church Radio Mato, Nga Kuro Ngaho, Minga Watia Ngaho. Just quickly, you've heard us banging on about uh, the recovery benefits of currents for some weeks now, and we fully stand by the product. I jumped on the Bingham bus to Payne Town this morning and um, I've been doing some pretty heavy training. Went out for a run with my old mate. He was on fire. I was hurting. I was a bag of hurt. And currents help with recovery. I'm, there's lots of scientific articles about them. If you go to the website, currents.co.nz, check them out. I love them. Uh, if you use the code dirtchurch at currents.co.nz, you can get 20% off your first order. And they are so confident in their little, little current, little current, effects that they will give you your money back if you don't get the recovery benefits that you think that you might so currents.co.nz dirt church sweet code 20% off they work i'm still a mediocre runner not i'm uh, not but if you want to be a vip there's a quick way to do that jump on to the wild things website and sign up as a wild things vip you get 15 months for the price of 12 if you use the code dcr 2022 uh you do that you get access to a whole bunch of things you'll feel like a vip you know you'll just be like riding in limos going to cocktail parties doing all that sort of stuff plus you'll have access to uh, a huge range of benefits via the wild things uh club so go and make sure you check out wild things dot club slash register and use the code dcr2022 go to ultraspire.co.nz buy the vibram uh, not the vibram the ultraspire zygos 5 sorry my brain's still destroyed from that run this morning buy a zygos 5 they're great um ultraspire.co.nz our pack of choice here's three good things there's lots of good things but here's three good things about further faster Otutahi Urban Adventure Race coming up September 10th um, fundraiser for my health foundation which is Kids Mental Health in Christchurch uh, they want to make it a sellout event so if you go to furtherfaster.co.nz Urban Adventure Race key that into your browser and you'll be all good Speed Freaks recovery people in recovery if you've got any gear that you don't want feel that you need outgrown um Bring it in, especially women's gear. Um, amazing, goes to an amazing cause and the gear will be well used. And further faster, do a women's group, a safe space for women to run in the Port Hills, especially in winter. Um, ton of fun, engaging every second Tuesday. Um, 
yeah, led by Jen, who works at the shop. What more do you need to think that this isn't the best little independently owned sports store in the known universe? They go something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Go oh, further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Dirt Church Radio. Episode 210 of the Dirt Church Radio Trail Running Podcast. We made it. And it is Tiwiki o te reo Māori. Kia kaha te reo Māori. Kia kaha te reo Māori. Mm. I mean, you know, not 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 too much on the the running front this week, but lots 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 of stuff globally going on. Bit of bit of yeah. a change, you know. Yeah. Strange times. I just while we were on um, Tiwiki o te reo Māori, I was remembering that last year we had the Kiwaha from. Yes. Guyan, Guyan Espina, our guest at that time. Kua pau to hau. Uh, I'm stuffed, <laughs> which I loved and I've used and thought many times. Um, I was I just just before we came on air, I was thinking, oh, could we have one for this year? And I've, I've found one I think is appropriate for the times that we're in and the act of running sometimes. Ōkia ururoatia. Okia ururoatia, which is keep fighting, strive. Um, and it comes from the um, Fakatoki Kawa e mate feke, mate ururoa. I know what that means. Yeah. It's better to die, better to die like a hammerhead shark than an octopus. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So basically, hammerheads will never give up. They keep fighting an octopus. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Okia Urudotia. So next time you're in a hole in a race, think of that. There you go. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, running wise, but uh, yeah, I, I was a bit quiet over the weekend. How did you go? You got out and yeah. So uh, I mean, talk about uh, Kuapotaho. The, the I was hmm. I've just at the beer jerk run club with Lola, and I, I was saying to you before, it, it felt like a glimpse of the future when she's leaving me in her dust. You, you go up this quite a steep bit and then you shoot down. And I got out for some back-to-back runs um, on the weekend, including uh, Lola's first half marathon. Tom, yeah. uh, Benstead, Harry, Lola and I went and banged out a DCMF cool. half and, you know, shit's is pretty good. And mm. um, 14. <laughs> yeah. I certainly wasn't doing that when I was 14 and she coped <laughs> with that and, and she gassed it this, you know but um yeah big left you in the dust today for a little yeah for a little bit she did mm. she she wow. she genuinely did go. it and it so now it's she on, can't run on anymore. the walls there no, pops that's right i'll show you toxic masculinity you're not running anymore <laughs> no uh <laughs> it was wonderful but a couple of big couple of big runs over the weekend and and looking forward to a nice little slide into to riverhead rampage this weekend and then blue lake next yeah yeah, yeah so cool. yeah and, and this and, week's guest David Kilgore. Um, David's from Florida, lives in the Bronx, uh, is uh, on running's trail and ultramarathon athlete manager and was in the US uh, trail running, trail and ultra running team, uh, four times Florida state champ, All-American. And this is an excellent conversation. Uh, Zachary Friedley put me onto this dude or put us onto this dude. And uh, yeah, uh, just... What a what a call! <laughs> it was really good. 
Yeah. <laughs> so stoked to be And I must that. say, you know, like we do love our wildlife chat on Dirt Church Radio, but mm. he brings it to the next level. To yeah. Start. Listen out. No spoilers, but yeah. Holy freaking moly is all I'm going to say. So anyway. 100%. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Stuff you should know. Yeah, like you said, but quiet um, around the old running traps in Aotearoa. It was the Wild Auckland Trail Series at Tapapakanga uh, Regional Park. Looked amazing. Um, the Kinlock Off-Road Challenge down there near Taupo looked like it went off as well. Um, but next week is the Great Riverhead Rampage. Yeah. How's it looking, well, RD? It, I mean, it's... It's looking good. It's a ninth year, Halata Riverhead Rampage. And if you're hearing this on the Wednesday, you've still got time to enter. So if you're in the Auckland area, come out to Riverhead and come and throw down. There's a marathon distance, 21, 10, 5K. It's a not-for-profit, registered not-for-profit. Um, all, like, all proceeds go to the school, Riverhead School. And this year we're doing it a bit different because of logging in the forest. We're we're launching at the other side at Barlow, so there's lots of amazing trails, and and we've banged in a marathon distance as well, which is actually it's like a perverse traverse. So you run one loop and then you get your bib clipped and take off the other direction, and and, and yeah, it's super good. Oosh. It's going to be super good. There's food trucks. Um, Halatau is going to be there, delicious beverages, and yeah, there's, there's, it's going to be really cool because there'd be no time pressure to like pack up. And get mm. to the get to the pub for prize giving. So yeah, if you go to you know riverheadrampage.co.nz and check it out. And sorry for the for the blur, but I'm genuinely excited. No and, and we've put I a lot of uh, um, put a lot of effort is, into the courses. Can you? Is there walk ups? Yes, like fully. Can you on the day. I think that's. Yeah. I think you know one of the things that talking to Sean and other race directors is is, is walk ups are the new black. You know, people mm. are in, in these times. Last two years, you know, walk ups are the thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, cool. come, come down, it'll be, it'll be epic. Get amongst it, get amongst it. I'm gutted to be missing it. Um, so I've been down in Rotorua pacing the four-hour group. If anyone's looking at um, cracking four hours, I'll be aiming to get you there at 3.59 and change. Um, but, yeah, have a great, great time. No, and, and likewise, and that's, I mean, that's a skill, isn't it? Um, well, pacing we'll people. <laughs> Are you pretty, I mean, you get there on the money, right? What was your last night? It was 3.59 and change, wasn't it? 3.59.40 or something. 3.59.40. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to come in too, as a pacer, you certainly don't want to be like five minutes under or something. Because that just, you know. It jacks up like everyone's you, time, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or it brings people through too hard. And so, yeah, I like to aim for that 3.59 and something. So, yeah, come along if you're down there. But, um, yeah, Riverhead Rampage is definitely the place to be. Amongst other cool places, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest run ever. Greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. might just be a run around the block. Something that's sung to you for some reason, send them in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from a dear friend of the both of hmm. us, Tom Agusa. Um, Who is, I mean, we could say that he's one of the, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, did he coin the phrase? Tom Agusa coined the phrase Dirt Church. Yep. Absolutely. Go. So he and we it's named this podcast Dirt after Radio. Dirt Church Radio because we only thought that the people who were in the Dirt Church group would, um, which was about five of us, which is about five at that of point. us, <laughs> to to including <laughs> it's a bit including now, Eugene and I. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but this is from this is from Tom, who we've both been on many. The OG. The OG. That's right. So, my greatest run ever is definitely Great Cowrie Run. In November 2014, it was my first ultra and the toughest by far. My friend, Callum Wicks, who I used to do mountaineering with, started ultramarathon a few years earlier and suggested that ultra would be my thing. But I'm not a keen runner still today, which is ironic, really, considering all the stuff he does, and only ran his training for other sports. So I passed on the suggestion for ages until I watched a TV program made by then TV3 producer Eugene Bingham about his own attempt to run his first Tarawera 100k. It changed my mind, and the new goal of running Tarawera 100k was set. As soon as the program finished, I started work on what I needed to run Tarawera 100k in February 2015. As a final prep for it, I decided to run 72km Great Kauri Run in November 2014. With very little knowledge, I turned up to the race (laughs) registration in Coromandel Township. Kerry Suter, who is a record holder and won the race pretty much every year was helping to register runners. He quickly sniffed my newbiness and asked several questions to size me up. I barely passed those questions, but he wished me good luck at the end. I had two goals for this run. One was to finish so I could use it as a stepping stone for Tarawera, and if possible, I wanted to finish in the top 50%, not bottom 50%. We also must point out that Tom's an accountant, so he's pretty he's pretty dead set with the numbers. <laughs> numbers. <laughs> He's I was good, so he's good ner- with a spreadsheet. That's right. I was so nervous and could not sleep well at all on the night before the race, but turned up to the start line with 30-odd runners. The race started well for me, and I was leading the race for the first 400 metres. Obviously, I had no idea about how to pace a race. Anyway, thing, everything was going well until the halfway point, Waikawa Beach. I met and had good chats with people like Shane Kask, who I'm still connected with. As I left the beach, I started to feel the discomfort in my left knee. The pain got worse as I progressed and I could not run without poles. During the run, I had no idea I developed ITB friction syndrome. It was really sore and I was popping down painkillers. Back then, no one was talking about risk of kidney injury from taking painkillers. Anyway, they had zero impact on my knee pain. I skipped and walked for ages and eventually found 21 kilometre to go signage and my heart sunk to the bottom. I could not possibly imagine how I could travel another half marathon distance like this. The second half of the race was considerably harder than the first half. The track was either up or down and there was very little flat ground. For those who do not know, ITB causes pain when you go down slowly and so my knee suffered great pain for a long time. Good thing about being my first ultra that is I had no concept of a DNF or expectations of an ultra. For about two years, I thought I had going through extreme pain like this was normal as I could not solve the issue. (laughs) With a few K to go, the course takes you down the last hill. I still remember how painful it was and I was glad I had poles with me. Once I got down to the urban road, I hurried along to the finish line. The last kilometre felt like 10 kilometres to me. When I finally got to the finish line, staff were taking down the setup and people did not even realise I'd just finished the 72 kilometre run. I had to walk up to one of the staff and asked if the event had finished or not. Basically, there were only a few of us left on the field and they decided to pack up while they wait for us. Then I was asked to tell the timekeeper that I'd finished. When I told the guy I'd just finished, he asked me the time I finished. As I was not sure if I finished or not, I did not stop my watch. And the the watch was displaying 10 hours, 59 minutes. He said... I saw you come in a while ago, so I'll give you 10 hours 58. So I became seventh finisher with a time of 10 hours 58 minutes. I was happy with seventh position finish among 30-odd participants, but later I found that everyone else except for the eighth finisher, Mark Betty, had DNF'd and I was second from the last. However, seventh finish is still my best finishing, finishing position in my running career. I think 
the 2014 Kauri is and will be my greatest run ever because it was so hard and so painful. It served my masochistic fetish very well. Also, Kauri was such a down-to-earth, no-frills event, but with full of supportive volunteers and a tough course. Unfortunately, the race lost one of the founders to a sudden death at the end of last year, but I hope they can put it on again. And he says, postscript. I managed the ITB and finished Tarawera 2015. Also, I stalked the legend Eugene Bingham long enough to make friends with him. The moral of the story, if you persevere, you always get what you desire. Hmm. He does always go on about this run. Yes, he does. So I can testify that it is his greatest run ever. Yeah. I didn't know all that detail though. Thank you, Tom. (laughs) I was running the Hillary Trail, uh, Hillary Ultra, and... On the hill above PR, what's it called? Uh, this guy Twitter? came running up to me going, are you Eugene Bingham? <laughs> and I went, yes. <laughs> and he ran alongside me for a while. And it was Tom. That's the first time I'd met him. There we go. There you go. There you go. Um, I love it. Thank you, Tom. That was wonderful. Um, and yeah, very, very Tom. Um, the rest of you, keep sending them in. Uh, radio at gmail.com is how you get them to us. Okay. On with the interview. David Kilgore, this is a cool conversation. Um, A lot about this man's journey, you know, a lot about the rigors of college running and and what it does. Um, A lot about the fact that if you're a four-time state champ and All-American, you might want to, I don't know, tell your girlfriend before you sign up for a race. uh, And and just, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic chat. Not really much more to say about it. Please enjoy. Dirt Church Radio. All the way from the Bronx, you're our first Bronx guest. Uh, welcome to Dirt Church Radio. Hey, it's a pleasure, my man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, like, thanks for coming on. I mean, we were just saying off mic that, you know, we, um, you come highly recommended by Zach Friedley. He was, he was at pains. He was at pains to make sure that we got you on. So, but um, quite, quite a, dis- you know, the Bronx Pretty cool locality. Quite a uh, quite a distance from from where you started in Florida, though. Hey, yeah, man. Um, I was kind of uh, yeah. Shouts first off. Shouts to Zach. Uh, yeah, I love Zach Fridley, and um, yeah, thanks for thanks for the plug, Zach. Thanks for getting me on the show. I'm super stoked on it. Um, but yeah, man, I uh, I grew up down in Florida, and yeah, kind of made my way, just uh, bounced around the United States quite a bit, and landed in the Bronx. So now I've been here for about. Going on almost seven years now, so trying to trying to get that stamp of approval to be a true New Yorker one of these days, you know. <laughs> how, long, how long does that take? Uh, I think I think the rule is ten years, <laughs> so I'm a couple years shy. But, sure, surely you get fast track because you're across the road from Yankee Stadium. Oh, for sure, yeah, probably seven and a half years then. So I'm probably only six months out. <laughs> and, and and how will you know? Will there be like an envelope shoved under your door? Or <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Yeah, they'll they'll give me a, a Yankee fitted hat and some Timberland boots. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> I mean, I um, our oldest boy has just turned eighteen. He actually has a pair of Timberland boots and a Yankee fitted hat. So uh, maybe he's on the Ooh. maybe. He, Somehow he's got on the pathway on quicker fast than, track. <laughs> yeah, he's on the fast track, Riverhead to <laughs> Riverhead to New York. But I mean, just to talk about it, like on your uh, your Instagram, you know, like you follow your link tree, and I was just thinking about Florida, right? Because yeah. your your link tree comes up, and it's got you know, it's got the famous uh, Florida man thing. You know, yeah, you type yeah. in your date of birth, and then a Florida man. And actually, it was 
our son's 18th on last week and at he had a bunch of his mates over and they actually started doing that because they started off like, what's your birthday? And then it got into that. And you'd think, okay, that's kind of wild, right? For anyone who doesn't know, please do that. But what was it like growing up in Florida? Because I'm sure it's far more nuanced and, and you know, pleasant and realistic than that. You, you might think from like typing in your date of birth and going like a Florida man. For sure, man. Honestly, like uh, it's probably one of those things I never, I never took notice when I lived there. Um, but kind of after leaving the state, uh, Florida is actually a pretty rowdy place. I kind of <laughs> dig it. I kind of dig it quite a bit. Uh, but there, there's a mixture of things that I really enjoy about Florida. There's a, there's a mixture of it kind of being a little lawless, people being a little reckless and uh, fun. And then also, I don't know if it was the part of Florida that I grew up in or just kind of like the people I hung out with. Um, I feel like I kind of lived under a rock as well. So it was kind of nice. I only like kind of knew about the stuff that was happening in my like surrounding areas and wasn't really worried about too much else like going on in the world. Um, so I was like, I feel like whenever I go back to Florida, I still kind of have that similar vibe where I'm just like kind of like almost a, like a turn off type of feeling and everything like Florida is like almost its own country, you know, like just doing its own thing down there. And in terms of like you, did you grow up sort of in a, uh, rurally or is it lots of green space or were you more in the city like we've got a friend from you know lives in the same sort of village that <laughs> lives in the same village as us and um he's from Tallahassee you know so he grew yeah. up in Florida but he grew up in a city um were you more city-based or were you more kind of rural yeah honestly man I was kind of I felt like it was a bit more small town vibes um but Again, I feel like I've been to some really true small towns now. And I was kind of like, actually, that was, I guess, kind of big. But I would say it was like almost an in-between type of area. I grew up in Brevard County in Palm Bay, Florida. It's just south of um, like Cocoa Beach, uh, Melbourne Beach type areas. Uh, But honestly, man, where I grew up was really rad. Um, I feel like I had a mixture of everything. And it kind of, I don't know, I feel like even even now in New York City, it kind of like lended me to, to what I'm doing here in the city. But um, it was just a, a real big mixture of, of everybody, all, all demographics, people, life. Um, and I kind of grew up more in the city area of, of the area. But yeah, 15 minutes down the road were tons of just like really outdoorsy dudes, like swamp buggies and catching snakes and alligators. And then I was like in the city with my friends, like, you know, playing basketball and like doing other stuff, just like kicking it around, doing casual city stuff. And then um, and about 25 minutes was like more like the beach kids and like holistic like health type of things and tons of different just like you know demographics of people so it was a a cool spot to grow up i dug it literal best of both worlds right hands down man yeah and yeah tons of beautiful spots to run so if you're ever in the area i can definitely give you guys uh some wrecks tons of beautiful swamps pet some alligators you know tickle them on their bellies (laughs) (laughs) tell me you ran through swamps with alligators Oh man, all the time, uh, all the time. Uh, actually, I, I couple of qu- nice, fun little antidotes when I was a, when I was a kid. It's probably this is probably actually not not the best. So don't nobody attack me, animal cruelty people. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, me and my buddies used to catch like baby alligators, uh, and my friend's dad just had like a plethora of fish tanks in his house, which is like his wife hated, um, and. And yeah, so we catch these baby alligators with like cast nets and stuff, put them, put them in the tanks and like, let them like, you know, play around and like mess with the alligators and like feed them for like a couple of days. And they're like, you know, like big lizards basically. And then we'd like, let them go back into the swamp. Um, we do that. And, uh, also, you know, just like catch snakes and little lizards and you can hang the lizards off the, 
the little earlobes um that's like earrings and stuff they would like bite onto your ears it's was, it was fun man it's cool <laughs> i feel like catching a baby alligator is, is i mean yeah the animal people could clap back at you but there's an element of risk and reward there right like because if the i guess it, I, i'm not sure about parent alligators mother or father alligators um would take too kindly to that sort of behavior if they were around so you need to be yeah hands down man yeah never they get, they get pretty aggressive every now and then but that's usually like the only time it's kind of if you're just like messing around with them <laughs> stealing their children <laughs> yeah stealing <laughs> their children yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a quick little kidnapping you know <laughs> so <laughs> so in, is that where you got your speed from dude 100 percent. I, I had to take <laughs> off like <laughs> so in between you know uh school and, and basketball and the odd bit of alligator bothering i mean where 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 did your love of running come from honestly man i got i got pretty lucky in that respect too i got pulled into it um at a pretty early age so my my father actually uh was getting like he wanted to like juice up so he was like bulking up lifting a bunch of weights in the gym and all that stuff um so and he's like a pretty like tiny dude in general like height wise and stuff so he got like just like he's like a bowling ball you know just like short and stocky like ready ready to go and so he's like i need to like slim down i want to cut down a little bit so he started doing more cardio and uh i was just you know a young kid and it's like stoked that my dad was doing something and i was like yo can i like come cruise with you and uh got to run with him every now and then and i was running like a half mile or like a mile um and to the point where i i started like running on the treadmill every now and then at a gym and uh i was running again like after like a, a year of that i was probably like running at a mile mile and a half and this lady just approached me in a gym and was like hey you like you look pretty good running on the treadmill and i'm like you know like a shy like little like 10 year old or 12 year old or whatever it was and i'm like i don't know lady you want to go talk to my dad <laughs> like uh <laughs> So yeah, she basically introduced me to, to my high school coach and he was one of the most winningest uh, cross country and track coaches in the state of Florida. And honestly, yeah, the rest is kind of history. They got me into a private school and stuff for running and it was super epic, man. And I feel like that just definitely like put me in a great position for, for life and kind of elevated me in a lot of different ways, athletically and just, you know, academically. And I, I, I read that that was actually not as straightforward as not as straightforward as it, it, it might appear. I mean, that sounds really fairy tale, but there was an element of, you know, like you guys initially, I understood couldn't afford the tuition. So you ended up training with this coach Butler, was it in the, um, in, in the park with the adult group? Yeah, man, hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, I was actually, so they were trying to get me into the school and it was a bit of a, a bit of a process. Um, so my, my parents at the time, actually the school was like a bit pricey. So, so sorry, Holy Trinity, throw you, throw you a bit on the bus. But, uh, but the, the school is a, a bit pricey and luckily, I mean, um, just athletically and my, due to my parents' income, I was able to, to get into the school without paying, paying for the fees. Um, and, but yeah, it was quite a, quite a bit of a process to, to, to get in there. And during that time, I was training with Coach Beller, who was the coach at that school at the time. Um, and I was running in the, in the park, uh, at like the adult summer camp. Um, or it was like a year long camp, I guess that would meet on Tuesday and Thursdays each week. Um, and I was running training with all the adults basically through middle school. So what's that like to be dragged along by a bunch of adults? I mean, you guess you, you learn fast, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you just got to keep up. Yeah, for sure, man. Honestly, I was, uh, I feel like I've always had a pretty competitive spirit. So 
I don't know, like I, I didn't really mind them being adults and I was just kind of like out there and I was like, you know, I want to like get into the thick of things. And I feel like, I feel like also being a young kid, you know, you at the time, I feel like you can run through like a brick wall. So I feel like every time I was like showing up and I'm like ready to just go like full bore with everybody. And I think everybody kind of like appreciated it there too. And kind of like, you know, took me under their wing. So that was kind of a rad experience as well. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? When you're young, you don't know what you don't know. So you're not sort of like, oh, I better take it easy. You're just like, I'm going to run. Yeah. The simplicity of it. For sure, man. I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's there's certain things now, now like just like as, as I progressed in life where you're like, oh, like, do I want to feel like that terrible tomorrow? Or like I ha- have like some kind of responsibility that I actually have to get to. I'm going to be like a zombie, like walking into a meeting because I just like redlined for two hours. But there's, I mean, there's an... There's that like, I guess it's that label in the front of being a kid or being a young person where you, you, you're literally living the dream, aren't you? You can just turn up, get some, and then repeat. Yeah, for sure. Hands down, man. I feel like, yeah, just the, the recovery time on everything. And you're so fresh and everything too. I feel like your muscles are just like firing in all cylinders, you know. How long did it take for you outstripping Papa around the, around the mile? What was that? Sorry. How long did it take for you, like outstripping your dad around the, around the mile? Like he sounds like he's, you know, a pretty strong dude, but perhaps not built for speed. Yo, actually, right away, the first first run out, <laughs> he's like, he was like giving me all this shit. Actually, he was like, he's like, yo, uh, he's like, you're you're like too young. He's like, I don't like, I don't want to have to be like waiting for you during this whole thing. Like, I I have to like just like a certain time crunch. I have to get back. And then I went out and ran with him, and he was like shit like, he's like all right you can you can come run with it because <laughs> I, I mean that was the that was a common wisdom wasn't it back in those days around sort of running or you know especially like any sort of distance running on young bones like it was this kind of catastrophic thing that was actually going to weaken your bones instead of you know as we know now sort of make you stronger yeah man without a doubt i mean I feel like, yeah, it was one of those things, like, like you said, back in the day, and especially no one in my family before had really like done any type of running, um, and mostly just like conditioning for any type of other sports. So yeah, everyone was kind of like, oh, like you're too young. This is going to be like really brutal on your body, even if you're running like really like low key. Um, Uh so it was cool. But so the, all that running, all that training really stood you in good stead because you, you know, landed for Florida state cross-country champs and track champs and all Americans. So it all kind of built towards something, didn't it? Yeah, without a doubt, man. I mean, uh, I mean, for sure. I, I would say I'm truly, truly lucky and blessed in a lot of different ways. I mean, even um, like with my dad, like we didn't know a lot of stuff when we first started. And right before I met uh, Coach Butler, he was he was going out with me and uh, I told him like I wanted to like run and be a runner and do and compete and stuff like that. So we were doing like some pretty like not heavy workouts at the time, but I was basically doing like an all out mile, 800 and like quarter mile repeats, um, um, to try to like, you know, just get a little bit faster. But I think it really like helped set like a great base and foundation for what I, you know, did later on in life. That's, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's all about the base and building the base, but, um, uh, did it, did it, I mean, sometimes that sort of weight of expectation and, and all that training can, can crush a young body but or young mind more but how did you keep going 
Honestly, man, I, I was just so, I was so enthralled by the sport right away. I was, it just excited me so much. I, I truly loved it right off the bat and also kind of jumping into the thick of things. I, I just like love being competitive as well. And I was pretty competitive, uh, in the space, um, pretty quickly as well. So that was like another layer that I feel like really drove me to, to continue on, um, at a young age and really just like hooked me into, to what running was. And I feel like until like, honestly, probably in college, I didn't really even like look back at all um, until like why I was even doing any of this, why I was enjoying it. Uh, but at, at the time, I was just like completely doing it out of like joy, passion, and like also the love of competing. And that, and that journey took you to college. I mean, did you go on an athletic scholarship or were you, um, I, I don't understand quite how that works in, in the US. Like you, you went to the University of Colorado. I mean, did running take you there? Yeah, man. So, um, kind of as I progressed through, through high school, there's like a bunch of like more prestigious, I would say like run, run universities, um, Colorado being one of them. And so that was always like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> since I, I got into high school, uh, I was just like, I, I want to like, that's like my next goal. I want to be like a pro runner and stuff one day. I want to, I want to go to these like great running schools. And that was just like always at the, at the top of my list, um, to, to do something along that, that path line. And, uh, yeah, as I, as I progressed through high school, I was just jazzed on, on being able to get the opportunities, uh, improving quite a bit, earning state titles, um, competing at the national level, and then ultimately going to the university of Colorado for my first three years of college through athletic scholarship and a few other things. And what was your, what was the, what was your speciality distance? Was it, were you doing sort of classic sort of middle distance stuff in cross country or? Yeah, man, I was, I was doing, uh, kind of a mixture of everything, but I would say my specialty ended up being some of the longer stuff. So I was doing like, uh, 8K, 10K and cross country. And then on the track, uh, I did everything from 1500 to 10K, but I would say, uh, mostly I was doing like 5K, 10Ks. Hmm. And so still just, I mean, l- living the dream at the time in Colorado, did you, did you have any sort of inkling about, you know, the the trails be it were and and the, you know that golden age of kind of ultra running so i'm guessing that was around the time sort of you know unbroken's coming out anton kupichka and his peak kind of short short years uh all, all that sort of stuff did, did that turn your head for sure man actually i didn't um i didn't know much about it probably until my my third year in college um and, and yeah, I, I was super enthralled by when I kind of first learned about it, but, um, who was, who was around, uh, there was a guy named Cameron Clayton that was on the Colorado team that knew Sage candidate. Um, and Sage was popping in and out every now and then they're like, Hey, these guys are like running, like just like super far and like on the trails in the mountains. And honestly, at the time I was like, dude, this is like the coolest shit I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Oh, so I got, I got, uh, I got two, two puppies here cruising around. <laughs> so if you hear any sque- squeaky toys or little yelps, these guys are playing with each other. <laughs> I heard a squeak before, actually, and I was like, uh, what was that? Yeah. I, saw, I saw you had a little thing on the end of a stick. I was just, that was my next question. So, oh, yeah. That? I'm just I'm just fiddling with this, too. It's just a hiking pole. <laughs> <laughs> what are their names? Uh, so this is this is Trudy, Gertrude. Yeah. And this is uh, Rough Rider. Rough Rider <laughs> and, and Gertrude. And they're actually a brother and sister. Nice one. 
Yeah. yeah, we're we're super dog friendly. The podcast I actually had to nip out and close my door because my dog's chasing sunbeams currently in the lounge. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Yeah. Oh man. Always the best ta- pastime. That's what I was actually doing right before we got on the call. <laughs> <laughs> just running around chasing sunbeams it's it's a good way to live i mean yeah <laughs> so you know you you're running you're running you're running you get you know you're getting some you did three years at colorado and then you back to florida for a semester uh for a year what what brought you back home yeah man so i was actually on i was on a bit of scholarship at colorado for athletics but i was also on scholarship for academics and um, also through a grant, um, my dad was in the military. So I had basically a grant through that and it was on a, a certain amount of allotment. I like, like it's like 30 months and then it runs out or something like that. And so basically my ultimate plan was to, to go to Colorado, get mega fast and hopefully my athletic scholarship would increase to cover the rest. And, uh, I did get faster, but I didn't get as fast as and competitive as I wanted to be. And so basically the end of three years, I went back to Florida just because uh, in the States, at least, it's quite a bit cheaper or less um, less expensive to, to go back or go to school in your in your area. So I went back to, to Florida. I went to the University of Florida for a year. What were you studying? Um, so when I was at Colorado, I was actually studying uh, integrative physiology, which was basically like sports science type of stuff, like a lot of like biology and all that. And then when I was at... Um, at Florida, I went more into like, it was like community sciences, basically, and like communications and stuff. So more like community forward, like facing like kind of jobs, or like career path. Mm. Mm. So what we so community science, what would that sort of, what would you be looking at if you were to pursue that? Like, what, what sort of job would that be? It's kind of like pretty open ended, man, honestly, but I feel like, uh, what's it called? Like a lot of like social like service type jobs, um, float into that, that category, but it's a lot of like community facing like jobs for the most part. Right. I mean, you talk about it in your bio that, you know, there was a time after this point that you kind of lost your path with running. What happened there? Yeah, man, honestly, I, uh, I kind of went through the whole like college system. I feel like there was tons of ups and downs there. Um, and yeah, when I got done with college, I was like, you know what? Like, I was like, I'm kind of, I think I'm done. Uh, uh, (laughs) I "I think I'm just done with this. I feel like I lost a bit of joy too competing in college to, to be honest. A lot of things were, for example, when I was in Florida, I was definitely part of a very competitive like program and um, things of that nature. But also I feel like it's probably because it was like more youth sports, but a lot of things we were still doing was integrated in like a space of fun. Um, and so I just kind of like loved it too. And I love the, the, the personas, I guess, of like the Florida nature of like a lot of my friends, everybody's there. It's like work hard and try hard, but everyone's doing like, just like wacky shit to be, to be honest, like on the outside as well. <laughs> So it was like fun to like do all these different things while also trying hard to, you know, like amplify yourself in a sport. But a lot of like my college programs that are, that are a part of were a, definitely a ton of fun. And I totally understand the the logic behind it all, but it was so just like dialed and like tightened in. And so many people were like, oh, I can't do this because I'll get hurt. And I got to like look out to be injured from this. And, and again, definitely no shade, but like, and that's, that's kind of like what it is in a lot of like professional athletics but it just doesn't didn't really like fit my mold and it kind of like I feel like put a little bit too much 
like aggressiveness on or like magnified like running mm. a bit too much for me and i was like you know i need a little bit of a probably just like a break from this because i was like i'm kind of just like almost like sick of it um and i just uh. i don't know i feel like after after a little while because i was in college for about four and a half years and um after that time too i feel like it's like anything that you're doing for a while i feel like i like sunk into it and i was like i guess this is what running is for me now and i was like i don't like it as much anymore um so kind of when that finished up i was like i need to just take a big break i need to discover what's next in like finding myself and finding my joy in life and so kind of mm-hmm. i set out to to do that and just work the magnitude of odd jobs along the way how great that you could recognize that um and that is something that's a feature of we come across it we've come across it before on the athletes have gone to the college scene um nick willis a new zealand olympic track athlete thrived in the college scene but then ruth croft Mm. uh new zealander um you know fantastic new zealand trail runner came out of the college scene just burnt out basically from running and describing similar to you did so yeah it's kind of i guess it works for some people and not for others but how great that you were able to recognize that i need to step away you didn't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and you know lose that love forever for sure man and uh i'm definitely stoked that i found my way back to it um and also yeah shout out to to ruth man she just smashed it she uh won western and i think just did some like epic crossing what was it in greenland or iceland or arctic yeah. Like yeah. yeah 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 she's she really is a sight to behold you know if have you met her i actually haven't no She's super, I mean, she's from, uh, she's from the West coast of the South Island. So she's yeah. super like grounded, uh, quite, would you say ta- not taciturn, but like she's, you know, she's real, she, she's not like a super loquacious human being. Uh, she's super humble, um, real kind of down to earth, uh, um, you know, hardworking, but just, you know, and so just crushes it. You know, we, we were at Tadawera last year or year before last or was it last year, Eugene? It's, they're all blending into one. Was it last year? I can't. It was last, last year. year. It yeah. seems like longer because there's a lot of stuff's gone on. But it was, last year we were commentating at Tarawera and, you know, we were, we were. I said from the jump, she's going to win the 100K outright. Oh, no, no. X, X has got, you know, a faster, you know, we'll get, someone's getting really granular on the, you know, his vertical oscillations more or whatever, you know. And I was like, no, nah, she's going to win it. And she did. She crushed Crushed it. Down, man. Absolute yeah. crusher. Absolute yeah. crusher. So, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I mean, speak it like you're out, you're working on jobs, you're you're running around, you're you're enjoying stuff. How do I mean, how do you go from the dude sort of living in his car doing odd jobs to making the USA team? Because that's kind of trending back towards, you know, kind of structured, disciplined running, right? Yeah, man. Good old New York City brought me back in the game. <laughs> um pulled me back in so actually i i did that for a little bit i was bopping around in my car for about six or seven months um went back home to to florida because i was like i'm lonely and bored living in my car by myself uh, after a little while <laughs> i was like i want some i want some friends again i need some i need some communication <laughs> I need some people in my life and uh yeah actually uh, a friend from back in florida was like hey like what are you up to luckily i was in like very scenic beautiful spots um, cause I was taking like Instagram photos and stuff. They're like, your photos look super dope. We want to hire you 
for this job to shoot the the Boston Marathon like start line. If you can talk about this camera to the HR department, then you can get the job. And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I'm going to study this camera for like a couple <laughs> hours and like talk to this person on the phone. And so that's what happened, man. I, um, I got that job and I cruised up to the Northeast. And when I was up here, I, I had been in the area one other time in New England. Um, so that's like all the like tiny little states in like the Northeast of the U.S. And um, and yeah, I met like a group of people that I, I barely knew. And actually one of them is now, uh, my fiance and I hit this group up and I was like, yo, I'm coming to Boston and I don't know anybody. So if you guys want to hang out, would love to. And, um, as I was driving up, um, Molly, my fiance, uh, she texted me back and was like, I actually don't live in Boston anymore. I live in, live in New York. And I was like, no way. I was like, I flew into Philly and I'm driving through New York right now. And I actually, uh, crashed on her couch for the night and it's been loving with her ever since. So that's how, that's how I made my way to, to New York city. And during that time, she actually didn't know that I had like any kind of like real past in running. And I was still kind of just like laying low. And every now and then I was going for runs with her cause she, she runs quite a bit herself as well. And, uh, she works for, for Nike and they are putting on this inaugural race in Brooklyn called the Brooklyn mile. And she was like, Hey, actually there's a, Nike's giving out these like really cool like uniforms and like free shoes and stuff like that for, for some, like for people that can run under five minutes in the mile. She's like, uh, what do you think you can run a mile? Do you think you get close to that? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I could probably run like, you know, like 440 or 430 or something like that in the mile. And she like almost like, like bends over like laughing at me. She's like, she's like, dude, she's like, you, it's not a chance. She's like, you have no idea like what you're talking about. And I was like, all right, just like toss me whatever you, whatever you think and we'll be chill. And, um, yeah. And she did. And I, I got in, I raced again and I kind of like started to refine my love a bit for, for running and the sport and also kind of picked up a new sense of belonging and like what running does for people. And, uh, cause I would feel like I was, was so focused for so long and being competitive and wanted to like reach these like big goals and, you know, get that gold medal and all those things mm-hmm. that I kind of never thought about, like, what are people using running, um, and other aspects. And, um, that's what kind of like really brought me back into the sport and the love of it for, for quite a while. And then I feel like my just competitive nature kind of like sparked back up along the way. When did you drop in that you were four times Florida state cross country and track champ and an all American? Was that the morning of the race? You're like, Oh, Hey, by the way, Molly, um, or did, you, <laughs> did she know? Did you tell her? Or were you just like keeping that quiet? No, dude, I just let it ride until I did the race. <laughs> And what'd you run? Dude, I actually ran, I think I ran like 428 or 427. <laughs> Dude, it was brutal though, actually. Like I I ran, I, I can't believe it still, to be honest. Uh, because I was I was barely running during the time, but I think just like the residual effect of like and probably memory. the freshness on my body. Uh <laughs> I ran through like the first quarter mile and I was like, and it's like on the road as well. So I was like, I ran like 59 seconds or like 60 seconds. And I was like, damn, I was like, I I feel pretty good. And then, uh, I just like kept it going. And then, um, about like 700 meters or 750 meters, like right before the halfway point, I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm about to like explode. And, uh, and I came through and I think around like, like two flat or like 201 and then just like struggled the last like 800 trying to, to make it in. But yeah, held on. (laughs) 
The mile is so brutal. Um, I remember doing the last hard mile I did a couple of years ago. I ended up coughing for like six hours. It was just had this had this asthmatic cough for in a way that you don't get with trail running. You don't get with with other types of running. But just there's something about the brutality of those mile runs. Yeah, I feel that, man. I I get pulled into. I think that's some of the fun spots of New York City too. I get pulled into a lot of different like different types of races and runs too. Just being around the area every now and then, and my friends competing on the road and shorter distances still. Um, they're like, yo, we're doing like a random four by four, like four by 400 meters, like tomorrow night, we need like one extra person. Can you like jump in? And I did that, like, I think like a few weeks after running like a 50 mile race. And I was like, I was like, dude, that 55 seconds or whatever it was, was like way harder than running the 50 mile race. I was like, my body feels like it's like splitting in half and I can't stop coughing. So I totally (laughs) feel you there. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? There's that. There's that, um, you know, Darren and Finn says it as well. There's that kind of people look to ultra marathon runners as, as being, oh, wow, that's so hard. But yeah, I look to someone who's got like a, you know, a 16 minute 5k PB and go, no way. You know, like I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And there's this kind of cross. I remember I had this, this moment, this dude, he qualified for Boston. He had a Boston t-shirt on. I had a Tatawita like buff at, at a park yeah. run. And we had this kind of moment of mutual appreciation. He was like, dude, I was like, I walked most of it. And you ran, <laughs> you know, like you did a, you ran harder. That You ran a lot more probably, you know, on that day or certainly in the lead up than I did. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? How's running, yeah, the man. running culture in New York seems so rich. You know, I think about take the bridge the Midnight uh, Half Marathon, Black Roses. Is it Koreatown Run Club? Is that based in New York? Is that LA? Like You seem like you've got such a vibrant inner city running culture. Hands down, man. I mean, I'm probably a, I'm probably a little biased because I love New York so much, but uh, I think it has one of the richest like running cultures and most like diversified run cultures probably like in the world. Um, there, you can find anything in the city, to be honest. You can find like you know, sub elite people, you can find really elite people, you can find uh, like, people going to like the pub to, to grab drinks and like have fun with running, you can find um, very like strong, like communal areas and different parts of the different parts of the city. And then uh, you also have like trail runners, ultra runners, um, you have like groups of like, uh, like Ethiopian and like Kenyan runners, like come into the city for like six months and like race for money and then like leave. So it's like, some random person will just like show up and they're like, Oh, I run like a 28 minute 10 K. And you're like, sick. And you're like, nice dude. That's super casual. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It's definitely like uh, what New York is overall, but it's like a huge melting pot of just like everything and run culture included. Yeah. And then the 3,100 mile race that's on at the moment. Hands down, man. Yeah. That's, that's wild too. Like uh, I've gone out to that the, the last few summers um, just to like, I'll hand out like ice cream bars and stuff every now and then, or just like watch the guys cruise around. And it's like, it's like unbelievable watching them, you know? And how does it fit sort of with yourself being a, you know, a, I'm guessing, you know, you, you work for on running and, you know, you've been out to UTMB, you, you, you know, you're, you're a trail, you're a trail, not a trail, you're a runner, but you've sort of, your love or your, you know, you're, you're focusing on trail. How, how is training in the city um you know this is what you do say in the mountains of france yeah it's super unique i mean i feel like it's very very difficult to go anywhere in uh in chamonix and not automatically get 
four thousand feet of elevation gain, <laughs> and that's a, I feel like the biggest difference probably uh, being in New York City is. Um, I was actually joking with some of some of the guys out there when I was running around with them that I was like, after being in New York for a little while, I'll, like come back for like a month or a month and a half, and I'll go out and run a route around here, and I'm like, wow, like man, that was kind of hard. I, I feel like I climbed a lot and I like, look how much I climbed and it's like 300 feet. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm going to get so rocks next time I go into the mountains. Um, so yeah, it is a challenge every now and then, man, especially to, to find that elevation um, and, and altitude in general. But there's lots of other, other things that I feel like are pretty similar in the sense of, depending on what type of running you do, I feel like I'm like a pretty like free-spirited guy um that cruises around the city so i'll I'll run like just through the middle of manhattan and like through the traffic and through the people and um everything like that so i feel like it has a similar sense to like it's very stimulating like running in the city and kind of like being on a trail and also there's like some pretty rad trail spots actually not too far away um from the city i can get to some pretty nice stuff within half an hour to to an hour and i mean you even you guys have got to tell us about the Hudson River race. Are, are you involved? Are you the race director of that? Or are you involved in? Yeah, man. So um, I am the race director with uh, two of my other buddies who own a racing company called Trials and Miles, and uh, so it's Cooper and Dave that are also co-directing with me. But it's it's pretty fun, man. I mean, it's exactly kind of what I was alluding to. Is we want to you know highlight the city and show that it has some like pretty kick-ass trails and, you know, just expose more people to the outdoors and to the trails like that, that are more inner city and make it really accessible. Cause basically it's right over the George Washington bridge in upper Manhattan. So it's super easy to get to. I mean, you could take the train, take the buses. It's all, it's pretty easy to, to actually get to the start of the race. And what, what sort of trials is it? Can you describe it a bit more to us? Yeah. So I don't know if you guys spent uh, too much time on the, the Northeast of the United States, but it has a similar feel to that. And so it's a pretty rocky and technical, um, uh, up top. It's, it's still runnable, um, or still, I mean, very runnable up top, um, compared to like some backwards stuff, like in like New Hampshire and stuff. That's just like boulder jumping, but, uh, it's still very runnable up top, but it's these beautiful cliffs on the edge of New Jersey, um, that you're basically running along for about like 13 miles or so. Um, then you bomb down on like a very technical section. And then you hit more of a, a bridle path type type feel. And it's kind of flat and rolling all the way back uh, with like beautiful views of like the skyline and along the Hudson River. So it's definitely, a, it'll be a pretty, pretty nice course. I think there'll be some quick times on it um, and not a crazy amount of, of climbing either. There's about 4,200 feet uh, for the whole 50 miles um, and half that 2,100 feet for the 25. But yeah, we have a 50 mile and a 25 mile option. So, you know, pick, pick, pick your poison. Oh, wow. You're selling it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. How are you encouraging that vibe that you mentioned of just encouraging people to get out there and enjoy the trails uh, and it being more about that? How, how, do you, how do you do that? Yeah. So I think uh, a really fun thing is um, just being a part of the community in New York City. So kind of rallying a lot of people here um to be like hey you know this is like super accessible like come out i know a lot of the like communal communal leads that are like in the different boroughs throughout the city um so it's like really fun just kind of like encouraging them to to come out and try something new and i feel like 
you know, whenever anybody in the city, I feel like has gotten the chance to, to go on some of these types of things, either like going on like a weekend trip or like a few different trail runs that like some different groups put on sometimes. Um, everyone's just like so jazzed about it. So I think just like bringing more opportunities to the city and, um, you know, allowing them to experience is like a big piece of it. But we've put on a few um, like course previews as well. And uh, which has been really excited to let people come out, test out the course, run it a bit, um, get hyped on it. And also we cleaned up. We're partnering with the, the Hudson River Keeper. So it keeps uh, they keep the Hudson River clean. And uh, so we did some cleanups, too. So it's all it's like a whole, you know, full circle thing. So it's pretty, pretty sick. Just like giving back to the community, keeping it clean and, you know, get some people moving, which is which is super fun. I love more than anything the like it's super cool being in the bush, right? Like it's so good being on trail. It's so good. And at my heart, I'm a city kid. You know, like I grew up in Central City. I lived in the Central City when I was a young dude. I didn't run. I played in punk bands. I did all sorts of stuff like that. And that's, you know, I'm a city kid still. And even I live out in the, you know, by a forest, I still think of myself as a city kid. I love that juxtaposition, you know, that you can, like you're talking about a big city like New York, that you can have these runs where you're, or I think about, we've got a friend who lives in Hong Kong and he goes on these trails and then goes and gets like a nice, like, Rama, or not even a night, like, you know, a convenience store or this, you know, you straight back into the city. I love that juxtaposition. I just think it's so fantastic. Oh man, it's, it's the coolest thing. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's been so, so fun. I mean, living in the city, I mean, half the time when I'm, I'm running some of these trails, like, I mean, I can get to the, the trail I'm talking about that we're putting the Hudson river on in 15 minutes or so. And yeah, gorgeous, like true trail. Um, and I'm just like, I feel like every time I run it, I get like 20 minutes in. I'm like, I'm like, shit. I was like, I can't believe I'm like right outside New York City. Like this is like blows my mind, you know? Yeah. From the Bronx. That's, a, that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> how was it going to Sham? How was CCC? And what was that? What was that experience like? Oh my God, man. I mean, pff, out of this world, out of this world. I feel like every time I go to, uh, I got to I got to get over to a New Zealand race. I don't know if it has the same same energy, but uh I feel like every time I've gone to to race in Europe, um I'm just like blown out of the water by the community, the culture that's around like trail and ultra running. It's super cool to see. I mean, pro- endurance sports in general, I feel like Tour de France and all these other things that they they do it really well in Europe and the community around it's like next level, but I think even UTMB elevated that to to the next level. I mean, it's people are aligned all over the course up the mountains, the, the town of Chamonix, especially being there for the start of you, the start and finish of a lot of the athletes at, at UTMB. It's tens of thousands of people. The whole city is like slammed. It is like the Mecca of trail running. I mean, yeah, I, I was like, after experiencing that the first time, I was like, I got to get into UTMB next year. And that's like my big goal. I started signing up for like, hundred mile races to, to get the, get the stones. I was like, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably less, I mean, we, we get super into it, but it's less, less, probably less white lycra, less Euro energy. Do you know what I mean? Like my, yeah. you, you're going to see calf sleeves. They're not going to be perfectly faced, you know, when yeah. you go into this. So we're a little bit, you know, we have that sort of more casual attitude, but people get super psyched. You're coming down for Tarawira. I am a man in February. Yes, sir. Fantastic. And are you coming down to run or are you coming down with on running? Um, so, so both. Yeah. We'll probably actually come out there for, uh, for an offsite as a team. 
Um, and then a few of us will be running it, including myself, which would be sick. Fantastic. What distance are you going to do? Uh, the 100K. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, oh, that'll be, yeah. No, that's a, it's be a, a doozy. It's a, yeah, it is a doozy. It's it's yeah. it's a fantastic run. I mean, I must admit, I've never the 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 couple of times I've done it, it used to be from Rotorua to Kaurau, and now they've swapped the di- they've swapped the direction. So I've never run it from Kaurau to Rotorua. You've done it from Kaurau to Rotorua, hey Eugene? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's it's an incredibly special run. It's yeah, will you guys be out there magic. doing it uh, this year as well? Yeah, oh, so we're gonna. We are going to be, I mean, I don't know what we'll be doing. We were commentating it last year and I th- we were supposed to do, uh, it got canceled this year because of, uh, I don't know if you've heard of COVID, but um, <laughs> it got canceled. Just random news. Yeah, nothing novel about it. Uh, yeah, it got canceled and we were going to do like the, we were presenting the, the video so we were we were going to be out in the forest the camera crews running around so but you know it's it's uh it's very much like a it's the same sort of festival vibe um and it's it's a beautiful part of the world and it's you know you know you and we have the like the kind of Aotearoa is small enough that you feel like you know everyone you know it's like being at summer camp like every all yeah. your friends are there everyone you know is there and everyone's there for the same reason so it's super cool yeah and it's going to be so cool to have international you know, all our international friends back again and getting, you know, thrown down and getting after it. would be wicked. Yeah, so rad. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked on it, man. Um, actually, uh, I'm not super familiar with New Zealand and I actually don't know where I'm going. But um, in November of this year, I will probably actually be on New Zealand. Um, so if you guys want to catch catch some miles or something. Yeah, no, that would be super cool. Um, are you coming down for work? Uh, actually, no. Um, so my, my girlfriend, Molly's, uh, Molly's sibling actually has been working in Antarctica for the past, uh, will be nine months in November. And, uh, they're studying the like Southern lights. So like the, you know, beautiful, beautiful lights Mm. in the sky. And, um, so yeah, super sick. (laughs) Um, but, uh, they're flying back into New Zealand. Uh, so we're going to go meet up with them out there, uh, you know, as like a little, little family celebration. Welcome cool. back. Yeah. We we had a uh, we had a guest on the show, Sarah, and she what was she doing, Eugene? I mean she's she's down there at the moment and she's studying like what well, the little part like ice that's like a trillion like there was the word trillions of years or trillions of light years or something. And she was talking about particles passing through our body and we were sitting in a in a hotel lobby in this little town called Tiano at the before this ultra marathon interviewing her, just feeling like we were getting dumber by the second. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like holding the mic and Yeah. I mean there's some pretty incredible people down there doing some stuff, hey. Yeah. Pretty nuts, man. Yeah, it's it's been it's been crazy getting just like photo updates and stuff like that. Um yeah, I mean I completely same 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 wavelength that's completely out of out of my spectrum i was like yo like this shit's nuts <laughs> like uh <laughs> like it's been like sun sun rising now i think for like the past like three weeks or something it just like stays like that it's it's pretty pretty crazy pretty unreal really cool yeah. will you will you stay in new zealand from november to february or go back and come back yeah down. i'll go back and come back down um so i'll be there i think uh we'll probably be in new zealand i think about a week and a half uh in november 
Cool. No, that'd be, I mean, that depends on, cause there's two islands. So it depends on where in the top of the, we're sort of top of the, top of the top one. Um, and, but you know, it's, it's a relatively small place. So, <laughs> so how, I mean, I want to talk about Zach as well. I mean, you yeah. are, you work for on running and you're the sort of trail and ultra marathon athlete manager. What, yes, sir. How, how did you come in contact with Zach? Honestly, man. Yeah. Um, there was a person on our team um, who does a lot of our partnership stuff. Um, I don't know how she got a hold of him or if someone basically will have like a lot of inquiries through, through like our, our channel. Like you can go like on our website um, and be like, Hey, like, what's up? You know, <laughs> I'm Eugene and I oh, want to be sponsored by on and yada, yada, yada. And, or like, this is like what I have going on on the table. I want to make an event with on or all that stuff. And, so we'll have like a bunch of that stuff that gets forwarded to the different departments and either Zach or his manager or something along those lines. I, I believe uh, it went through, through that. And uh, this person on our team, she forwarded me Zach and was like, Hey, like, what do you think about this guy? And I was like, this guy looks super <laughs> rad. And uh, so yeah, got a, got a hold of Zach, uh, shot a couple emails back and forth and got the discussion going. And yeah, once I, once I met Zach, I feel like he's like one of those people as well that I don't know. Uh, I feel like I've gotten to work with quite a magnitude of people over the years and a lot of like, you know, like, yeah, just a ton of different people. And you can kind of like just tell like when you meet somebody that you're like, dude, this guy is just like jazz on life and he wants to take the ball and like run with it. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, this is, this is cool. Yeah, when you certainly when you you know when I was talking to him and you sort of he's unpacking his story and then he sort of ended up you know I tried out for the U.S. Paralympic team was like a Division One or whatever it was wrestler and then ended up working on a weed farm in Humboldt County for you know like on his track blade running up and down the mountains and then found himself in was it Mendocino like right up the you know south he's got an amazing story and um. What challenges coming at for, for a brand like On? I mean, supporting an adaptive adaptive athlete. I mean, is there? I guess it's 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 moving into a new space, isn't it? Because there's that sort of sense that it wasn't a space where adaptive athletes or people with disabilities were kind of supported or not even not welcome. But it's a, definitely a new kind of paradigm, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt, man. I mean, um, yeah. To be fully transparent, we're definitely starting at, uh, I'd say almost like ground, ground level, um, mm. kind of working with Zach. And I think that's, you know, that's where you have to start sometimes. And that's kind of where we're at. And it's, it's perfect with Zach. And when, when we were bringing you on, we were fully transparent with them and be like, Hey, you know, like you're at the forefront of something, man. And that's like incredible and super exciting. And so, um, uh, even just like hearing his story about like, what brands offer and all this different stuff, like in the sense of like actual gear and, and repertoire for adaptive athletes. And it's basically like nothing mm. um, in the sense of like accessories and like things that will like actually help like an athlete get across the finish line, perform better, perform more comfortably. Um, and we're like, this, this is super cool. I mean, um, on's brand mission and my brand mission, I feel like as like a person, I fall pretty similarly in line and that's just super stoked to, to get more people moving. Uh, and working with Zach, and we're like, hey, man, this this is exactly what we're trying to do is open a whole new playing field for more people to, to get out, explore, and get moving. 
And some of the stuff that we've currently um, kicked off with, with Zach, so we, we actually brought him in right before UTMB to our world headquarters in Zurich, Switzerland. And uh, he was working specifically with like our R&D team, a little bit more on the, the sports, sports side of things to help develop uh, some new products for him um, for footwear and uh, apparel type of accessories. And then um, also just, just myself working so closely with Zach and communicating with him on like on a regular basis um yeah it's just been cool to cool to hear like what he's doing his like mission statements and what he's trying to do and elevate with different organizations mm. like for example like utmb and stuff like that to, to open different doors for for more adaptive athletes to to get to races and to do things and it sounds like you know like we had him you know we had him flick us a little kind of race uh pricey it sounded like you know he he had some challenges there right with utmb with kind of like the you know the 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 getting pulled basically and it's a shame isn't it that you know you kind of on the one hand you could go yes well the standard is the standard but also you could suggest that you know if if you turn up and you say i don't know massively out of shape smoking ciggies and like yeah i'm gonna have a crack at this and you don't meet the standard but if you turn up and you're like i'm an above the knee amputee and it takes me you know it is going to take me a little while to get up this hill but you hope that there could be sort of a more i don't know more kind of tailored approach right yeah without a doubt and yeah speaking with zach too he has quite a bit of uh, as you could imagine quite a bit of ideas um on on how to to better that um and also it's it's pretty obscure and interesting too that for for stuff like this and i mean i think that's part of i mean even though zach did get pulled from from the race in utmb um in the mcc race i think it was a, a great you know like momentum builder and um like you know step along the way to to continue to make these like conversations open and make the organizations more aware because even him speaking to me before and after he was saying that how worried he was about this like first first large climb because he's not Mm. as like quick on the climbs but if he was able to get past that he would probably be able to to make the majority of the cutoffs because the way he's able to run more on the, the downs and the flats and stuff along, along those lines and the the time cutoffs weren't as aggressive. So I think it's really working with some of these like race organizations to hopefully like, you know, be able to have these open conversations to, to flex some of these time cutoffs to potentially like extend it a, a bit more for some of these uh, adaptive type athletes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he's certainly going to have a good time at Tarawera. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty sick. And he's, he's pretty keen as well to be, you know, he's, to be down here and and seeing what the what the what the country has to offer i mean so in terms of so for you it's it's all about you know that that i mean we always ask that question hey what's next what's next you know you've done ccc is it you know you you're thinking about tarawera in february and then moving through to utmb that's the goal for next year yeah, man, honestly, I have a, we'll see how the, the next few months goes, but um, I have two races on deck coming up. One at the end of this month, it's a, it's a hundred mile in the south of France. I don't even want to try to say it because uh, I know all the French, my French friends out there will roast me, but it's spelled like nice. And I, I think it's like Nice, Nice, France, uh, N-I-C-E um, in the south of France. Um, so I'm doing a hundred mile down there in a couple weeks um, to try to snag some UTMB points um, for next year's UTMB. And then if, uh, if that all goes well, I'll kind of decide, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it either way, but there's also another hundred mile at the end of October 
in uh, Puerto Vallarta in uh, Mexico that I might uh, dabble in as well. Just throw in some more points in the, in the roster. But. <laughs> and it's, I mean, just what, I mean, you know, like thinking about where you are, I can see you're in your apartment with your, you know, your, your painting behind you and stuff like that. Like you're getting into your fall now. How does running, uh, does running change for you in New York City in the winter? Um, actually not usually too much. I usually kind of just grind a bit through the winter. Um, it's not too bad. The, the winters in New York city aren't, aren't too crazy. Um, I would say anytime we, Molly's family, uh, is from New Hampshire. So I'd say every now and then when we go up there, it is, it is quite chilly, you know? Um, so I feel like that's always, uh, that's always a bit tough if I was like in a place like that full time. Um, but I would say the only thing that changes is I jump on the treadmill, um, a bit more. But I, I dabble on the treadmill every now and then um, in general, too, because I feel like it helps with speed. It forces you to to go a bit faster sometimes. And I also have a treadmill that has quite a bit of a elevation. It goes up to, I think, like 40 percent uh, incline. So it's quite steep. So it helps quite a bit, um, at least in the city, to, to take on some hills. So overall, I would say not not too much. Um, but yeah, it's also not a bad time to you know spend some time down in Florida. So Hopefully I can scoot down there a little bit in the winter too. Get some chasing, sunshine vibes. Chasing sunbeams, man. That's that's what yeah. that's what life's about. Always. Hey, look, David, you've been so great, uh, so generous with your time with us. We really thank can't wait to meet you in person. But we wanted to ask you uh the same question that we ask everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio, and that's David Kilgar. What's been your um greatest run ever? My greatest run ever. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to throw two your way because uh, I can't decide. Please, and do. they're they're two two different meanings. So I got one that's probably actually my actually my most special uh, during the pandemic when everything got squashed um, race wise. I was gonna run one of my first like 100 mile races that year, and um, so a buddy and me um, went out and I ran 100 miles. And he's a photographer, so he shot a bunch of like pictures and content. And basically, I linked every trail that I grew up running, and it basically equaled 100 miles, like to the dot almost. And I was like, dude, super bad. I'm gonna just do this route, uh, run point to point, and did that. And kind of like through the process, I put it together within like a few days. And then I was I was gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna do this in like the next three days, and kind of thought about it a little bit and was one of my first times I feel like really like realizing the some of the power of running too in like community building and I put together this whole event where I was like facetiming people that were like in their homes or like going for runs by themselves and I was basically like talking on my phone facetiming people throughout the whole hundred miles um running all these like really rad trails through Florida um and we raised a bunch of money to to buy uh, athletic shoes for like frontline hospital workers and also raised a bunch of money to buy the shoes from like retail shops that were like struggling at the time. So, uh, that kind of like, I feel like led me into like some of my like philanthropy type things that I was like, dude, you know, this is like super sick. I mean, using running for, for more than one in more than one way to, to kind of like elevate people, community and, uh, do different things while also doing like the stuff that I love. Um, and again, I feel like there's so many layers to the story that was just like awesome. And I just like love the trails where I grew up and I feel like everybody feels that way, you know, like some of them are just like crummy, like little, like sandy trails. And I'm like, dude, this is the shit, you know? Um, but yeah, lots, lots of beauty in there too. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's always the, the hometown trails always hit close to heart. 
Fantastic, man. Thank you. So, and, and as a frontline hospital worker, thank you for um, sorting out the brothers and sisters with some shoes. That's that's really, you know, there would have been some people with some pretty sore feet around that time, right? Hands down, dude. You got you to gotta keep, keep the shoes on the people. Yeah. And then, dude, Although- I, got, I got one other one. Have you guys ever been out to, to Kauai in Hawaii? Eugene has. I haven't. Have you done the Kalalau Trail? No, tell me Dude, about that. That's that's the spot. That might be my all-time favorite trail, though. That's outside of my hometown trails, and that trail is beautiful. It runs um, along the Nepali coast. It's about eleven miles out to the secret beach. It has a beautiful waterfall on it, um, and it kind of traverses through like this like rainforest type stuff. Um, then it gets a little bit more dry and beachy. Um, so it's an out and back, and it's about twenty-two miles round trip. And uh, my college roommate Pierce Murphy. Uh, is originally from Kauai, Hawaii. So this was before I knew anything about ultra running and trail running. And uh, we were obnoxious, you know, like road and track kids. And uh, we were running pretty fast at the time. And he's telling me about this trail. And we're both like, oh, dude, like it's 22 miles. We'll be able to do it in like a couple hours. Like no big deal. Yo, we got to the, we got halfway in about two hours. And so we're like dying and we're like drinking out of this like waterfall and we're like, oh, like it was like still really beautiful. Uh, and we're both not really saying anything to each other at this point and we're running back and uh, Pierce just sits down on the trail and he's like, bro, he's like, I am dying. He's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and we find like these like little guavas on the side of the trail and we start, start munching down on them, dude. And they're like, we realize they're like full of maggots. And we're like, no, we're like, oh, like, this is so gnarly. Um, and then I find these like fat ones and I thought they were like guavas as well. Cause we started walking down the trail a little bit further. Um, and actually they were like awesome. They're delicious. It was, uh, they call it lilikoi, I guess, in Hawaiian, but it was passion fruit and they have like a harder, like outer shell. So like no bugs were inside. Um, so we ate some of those, which is, which is dope and, uh, drank from these like still streams on the, on the way back and, we get back to it and we're just like thrashed, like four and a half hours, like basically, basically no food and water. And we were just like, dude, this is like the hardest shit we've ever done in our lives. And not until, uh, not until about, that was like five or six years ago or whatever, more than that, actually now probably like eight or nine. And, uh, um, not until last year, Pierce was talking to me. I was like, we were at our friend's wedding and he was like, dude, he's like, I can't believe we didn't get really sick. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, people, if you drink from those streams, it's like terrible. He's like, people get sick all the time. And I was like, what's the matter with you? I was like, you told me that was fine. And he was like, I was so thirsty, man. He's like, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah, drinking from the standing water is never the, never the move, is it? Like you got to go sort of like fast moving, fast moving. And uh, But yeah, sta- yeah, I guess any point in a storm, right? You just got to... <laughs> You got to get through. Just let it ride. <laughs> That's right. Take the take the consequences. David, look, thank you so much for coming on Dirt Church Radio, man. We really appreciate it, and um, you know, thank you for all that you do for the sport. And we can't wait to meet you. So, have, you know, enjoy enjoy the rest of those races, and and thank you. No, much appreciated, guys. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to to meet you guys and chatting. I appreciate you having me on, and yeah, hopefully I uh, catch up with you guys in November. Yeah, no doubt that'd be awesome. Be awesome. Thanks so much.
I just want to emphasise what a Southern gentleman uh, our mate Dave Jack is. You know, mm. thinking about the Florida guy thing, um, Dave was the first person that I called at work when my house got broken into and my and, and Rebecca and the kids were there. He was the first person I rang. Uh, he's the first person I rang when I got locked out of my house minutes for a wedding or our water shut off and needed a shower. You know, he's, he's just that type of guy. He will drop beer into your house if you're isolating with COVID. He's a real gentleman. And um, what it, So I, I wasn't up on the, the, Flor- the Florida man thing. So, so what do you do? For, what you do is you get your phone yep. and you type in your date of birth and then the yes. words, a Florida man. So yes. not, not, not your year, but like, you know, right. f- 9th so you don't March. you have to hand over Google your no, privacy you data. No, no. no. <laughs> and the first this isn't th- a scam. No, it's not a scam. And it just comes up with all the wacky... Yeah, you just send us a check to <laughs> Dirt Church Radio. That's right. Gmail to know. That's we'll right. tell you. And it just, no. like, like David said, it just it highlights right. all the kind of slightly, well, not slightly, wacky, uh, yeah. lawless stuff that goes on in Florida. But yeah. my wow, goodness. Cool. Hey, I did too just want to do a shout out uh, for Urban Trail Running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounded wild being you know oh. in New York City, fifteen minutes from the city, and you're running yep. in trails like he was describing. Hundred percent. You know, 100%. and we have, you know, we have plenty of good trails uh, close to the city in lots of our cities as well. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, especially Wellington, we love the W2K course, but here in Tamaki Makoto as well. So yep. yeah, I mean, shout out for Urban Trails, and we're totally going to get out for a run with them in November. So I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. But yeah, mm. look. Thank you, David, and thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. Like and subscribe if you fancy. Leave us a review, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to write them with your greatest run ever. You can pop along to the website and have a read of them, get some inspiration. But then once you've done that, sit down, type us one out, uh, or use your voice activation if you want. Um, but just somehow get it to us. Send it into us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running for the Faster and Cielli. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things and Currens. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. Stay tuned next week. We've got another great show lined up. Kia kaha te reo Māori. Kia kaha te reo Māori. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>